Welcome to the Visible Coaches podcast. I'm Angela Durant and you'll meet Anka Herman a little later. Between us, we have 30 years of business experience. We've started and grown our businesses from nothing but an idea, learning to play to our strengths as introverts in what often feels like an extrovert world. If you have ever felt any resistance to how others tell you you have to market yourself or bear your soul on social media just to get clients, then this podcast is for you. We know the unique challenges that introverted coaches face when it comes to selling their services. So if you're ready to learn how to spot those golden opportunities right under your nose, clarify your message, nurture that market and get more business coming your way, all without sacrificing your energy levels or well-being, then plug your AirPods in and let's go. And welcome to the Visible Coaches podcast with Angela and Anka. So today I was thinking about exactly what topic we should really start with and I caught a Facebook post by a lovely uh, connection of mine called Cheryl Bass and she had posted uh, something from Elon Musk's first wife and the under the title of what it takes to be a billionaire and it was a question that had been posed on Cora and she had answered this question on Cora which I thought was amazing. And how true this is, I don't know. But what I do know is it sparked such a conversation off with Anka and I that I thought I would read you her entire response to the question on Cora. And uh, you can hear for yourself the importance of defining your life, what success and sacrifice sometimes, and it's a dirty word in many, actually means. And really, the bigger the price, the bigger the cost. And whether we're ready or want to even pay that for what we think we want. So let me start. So Justine Musk, the first wife of billionaire Elon Musk, knows a thing or two about wealth and hard work. Her ex-husband is a founder of PayPal, CEO of Tesla and SpaceX, and has an estimated net worth of $248.7 billion. Get your head around that. She posted a response to a Cora thread asking the question, will I become a millionaire if I am determined to be one and put in all the necessary work required? And her answer was no, (laughs) though she says that the Cora reader is asking the wrong question altogether. Mm -hmm. And here's what she wrote. So listen in, listener, (laughs) listen in, pay attention, because this is going to blow your mind. Here's what she wrote. You're determined. So what? You haven't been racing naked through shark-infested waters yet, she writes. Will you be just as determined when you wash up on some deserted island, disorientated and bloody and ragged and beaten and staring into the horizon with no sign of rescue? And then she offers some advice. Shift your focus away from what you want, a billion dollars, And get deeply, intensely curious about what the world wants and needs. Ask yourself what you have the potential to offer that is so unique and compelling and helpful that no computer could replace you. No one could outsource you. No one could steal your product and make it better and then club you into oblivion. Not literally. (laughs) Then develop that potential. Choose one thing and become a master of it. Choose a second thing and become a master at that. When you become a master of two worlds, say engineering and business, you can bring them together in a way that will A, introduce hot ideas to each other 
so that they can have idea sex and make idea babies that no one has seen before and b create a competitive advantage because you can move between worlds speak both languages connect the tribes mash the elements to spark fresh creative insight until you wake up with the epiphany that changes your life the world doesn't throw a billion dollars at a person because the person wants it or works so hard they feel they deserve it the world doesn't care about what you want or deserve the world gives you money in exchange for something it perceives to be of equal or greater value something that transforms an aspect of the culture reworks a familiar story or introduces a new one alters the way people think about the category and make use of it in daily life there is no road map no blueprint for this a lot of people will give you a lot of advice and most of it will be bad and a lot of it will be good and sound but you will have to figure it out how it doesn't apply to you because you're coming from an unexpected angle and you'll be doing it alone until you develop the charisma and the credibility to attract the talent you need to come with you have courage you'll need it and good luck you'll need that too anchor i can't even tell you how much i love this on so many levels i think the two pieces that really or the two messages that really stand out for me that i see a lot of people that you come across who have the idea of building something kind of on really applying quite yet is that concept of mastery right so i think i definitely i always find it fascinating when people end up combining you know like a, a past passion or a different like you know something that they have developed mastery in or something that like where they bring two kind of unexpected things together, like in that crossover, there's usually a lot of gold, but yeah, you know, like it requires mastery in both before that can actually bear, bear that kind of fruit that really leads to something. So like she so clearly speaks out that, that this isn't, oh, I have a lovely idea and I'm going to sit here at my desk and come up with a fancy idea and that's going to go and, and, and shoot off. So that's the one, that's one piece. It's that, concept of mastery and the other piece that I'm so happy somebody <laughs> you know speaks out loud because I've been banging on about this like for so long and always feel drowned by everybody promising a proven success formula you know like just follow my you know like to say well there is no blueprint because most of the blueprints will only partially if at all apply to what you're doing and you have to be very discerning so you can't just kind of follow what somebody else tells you you know and i've seen so many people bang their head against the wall or like fail and then go down the spiral of self doubt for her to like speak out that no you know they the blueprints probably won't work they definitely won't work as is and you know and if they work they only work partially and you still have to take responsibility and and in, like literally embark on that journey you know i think it's so kind of it feels like a little bit brutal at times like when when you listen to it it feels brutal but when you think about it well it's also mm. exciting you know it's also it's an adventure you know it's not just like okay you go into battle and you got beaten down it's also 
you know, it's also adventure. It allows you to grow in ways you never thought you could. So I still think it'd be worth, <laughs> it would be worth embarking on it. But I think it does help knowing. What well, I think, I think you're, you're writing that it's almost like an assault to the senses. If you've, if I think when we work in a job or, um, things that we've done before, there's so many other people involved in a, an employed role that you never get to see that do an awful lot of the things that hold up that company, that hold up that infrastructure and you get to do your job and you hate your boss or people tell you on the internet, you know, leave your nine to five and go and become a certified coach or whatever it is. Um, not something I've done in that respect, not till many years later, but um, I think the interesting part for me is again, yes, you said the blueprint, um, but one of the questions, and it reminds me of one of the questions we had in our sales and strategy session in the Visible Club on Monday, and, the, and it was it was what I needed to address what was behind the question, which is exactly what Elon Musk's wife has done behind that billionaire question. And the question one of our members posed is, "What can I do that will work?" Okay, right now she wanted she she felt she really needed to bring in money, mm-hmm. and you know she just felt the pain of bills to pay and money to come in. And she was asking the question, what can I put together now that will work? And I stopped for a moment and I went, it's the wrong question. And she looked at me and I went, here's why it's the wrong question, because it's focused on you and bringing you money. And I said, and there's the paradox of an irresistible offer or these ideas that spread is that it will bring you money if it's irresistible. But you can't start from the premise of what will I, what could I put together right now that will work? In other words, that people will pay me money for. It's a really odd paradox because you've actually got to come from the question, which I, which I posed to her. I said, who's got a problem? Where is there a problem that you know that you could solve immediately right now? And you can create an offer around solving that problem, which completely takes it towards the person with the problem and the desire to be of service uh, or, you know, and, and we'll talk about it in the thing. But the idea of you're leveraging your talent to help somebody else. And in which case it's that that we have to like, that's what the world needs. It, the world needs somebody, you know, there's that quote, isn't it? What does the world need? The person who's coming alive. But what really makes a human being actually come alive, and particularly a coach, I think, is the fact that they know they're being of service to someone else and that they're seeing transformation come from that interaction and that conversation. The problem with that and an an offer is that when we get caught in the how can I get the billion, how can I get my bills paid this month, and it's a real question, but it's, it's just unfortunately the wrong one that actually gets you creative enough to think of a solution to help another human being. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, Steve Chandler in one of his books. And he actually literally, literally this morning saw an email from him where he kind of goes there again. And um, he wrote, and that really helped me (laughs) to kind of look at this whole money making through coaching in a whole different way. Because Steve Chandler said, oh, making money is easy. Making money is a function of creativity and service. So if you want to make more money, you need to ask yourself, how can I be more creative and who can I serve? It's exactly that. 
you know, for me, it was literally that, like, it really shifted how I saw money as an unlimited thing rather than, oh, my God, there's not enough to go around. So that was for me personally, but it really speaks to that. It's about how can you use what you're able to give to help somebody else get what they want. That's where the money is. And I think the piece that you mentioned in in that question, I think this what I heard in there, and I see that often, it's this sense of like people crave the certainty, right? And that's like, you know, that was in that answer as well. It's like, you're not going to have that. There is no blueprint. There is no guarantee. There's only one. You know how I always say, like, in case of doubt, try it out because it's yeah. the only way to find out because you cannot predict what somebody else will say or want or do. So you will have to be willing to just offer it at the risk of being rejected or being ignored. And I think that's a big part of it as well. Like, if you don't want to take any step or offer anything to anybody for fear of like, what if it's not perfect? What if they don't buy it? Then you're going to have a really right. hard time. to. And I think something. it just reminds me of the last bit in here and the bit that really struck me. And it was the bit when I was going through that myself. And I went about 18 months where I was really struggling to want to be visible. Just the, the sheer mental effort in my mind that I'd associated with being visible I'd associated it with having to be on all the time or post all the time. And, and there was nothing in myself and in my world at the time that just made me want to do that. I really had to overcome the whole mindset of visibility. Um, and I wasn't expecting to even go through that. And she says something at the end here. And she said, she said, and you'll be doing it alone until you develop the charisma and credibility to attract the talent you need to come with you. And when I think of our conversation and how you came into the Visible Club and we started working together, and when I think about now the the things that we put on the webinars and how I've had to outwork that in my own life, and I'm often teaching about how you show up and credibility and stagecraft and um, and 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 that charisma, you know. Think about you know people like Elon Musk. They had to uh, attract funding. Now coaches might not be out there trying to attract tech funding or anything, but you've got to attract an audience to us. We've got to attract you know partners and people to listen to to what we have to say. Um, and I think the easiest thing to do to slip into is to hide away and buy programs that promise you by the end of this, you'll have the course, you'll have the copywriting, you'll have the stuff that makes everybody fall in love with you. And and actually, the, I, I'm telling you, the only way I've actually learned to, to to work out how to get people to to listen to anything that we've had to say is to start saying it and to start tapping into the truth of our lived experience and hang wholly around our lived experience and the lessons that we're learning from that. Because actually, that's the one thing a computer can't replace. That's the one thing that nothing can replace. So even in that coaching session, when somebody else was saying, you know, shall I do this program or that program? And I don't know about this. And I've got to gather all of this first. And I went, that's just another form of perfectionism. That's just another excuse to hide away just in case it doesn't work. And you know what? It might not work first time, second time, third time. Have we got what it takes to believe that somehow we'll figure it out 
if we get the first iteration going and then learn from what we need to to actually recorrect that so that it becomes valuable and we see what other people see as valuable and we're prepared to adapt to do that to make it work. I, I can't see any other way. And that to me is what that whole piece of writing is trying to say is there is a, you know, there's a constant determination, but that alone is not enough. You've got to have your finger on the pulse of what people want and don't want and be prepared to adapt yourself to actually answer that. And I think that flies in the face of this idea of just do and be you and it'll all work. Because it's not that it's not that it's almost it's truly saying do and I'm truly saying do and no. be you, but from your grounded lived experience, from your wisdom, from your insight, which can't be replaced, and then be prepared because depending on how much or what success you do actually want in your world, you're you're going to have to. Um, it will cost something. At some point, whether it's a choice not to do something and not to have a certain amount of success in order to raise your family at a certain point, um, but it will it will cost something. And I think nobody's saying that really. Just have to you just have to choose what it is. I think nobody. What she's just said there to say this is going to be yeah muddy and dirty and painful like nobody wants everybody wants quick and easy right. so that's what people are selling right so to kind of give people what they want to hear and don't really show what because the piece i'm seeing is what if you you know because i always talk about that iterative process you want to involve the people you want to serve as yeah. early as possible because you can't read their minds The, the only way, and we are usually too close to the elephant to really, for to your own, to our, to what we bring, to accurately see what that actually does for somebody. So unless we seek that conversation with the people we want to serve yeah. early and often, we're always going to be sitting in a little bubble and chances are we're not getting it right. And I think the only thing that gets in the way of people of actually doing that is this kind of, oh my God, what if there's rejection? Right. Like what if they don't want it? What if that's not, you know, and I'm saying like, that's just a piece of data. Like so often, look how many, even what we've done, like how often have we done things where it was like, oh, that wasn't quite what we thought. But look over here, you know, there was something that it almost like everything that doesn't quite go. And I have like, I don't know how many examples of that, <laughs> you know, like every time something didn't doesn't or go as expected offers a piece of insight it offers a lesson it offers you a different perspective to see the opportunities ahead so next time you kind of look, and then always like further down you look back and you go oh i could have never done the thing that worked without that those steps in between Right. And if people can stop looking at these as failures and oh, my God, and what that means about me and everything. If that's why I love this whole approach of look at things, every step you take is an experiment. Sometimes it goes the way you thought it would and sometimes it doesn't. Right. And either way, both results give you the information you need to set up your next step. Right. And because that's how you get around and take the next step and you don't, you know, disappear in frustration and disappointment because that's the thing. You know, you're not going to go anywhere if you allow any little setback to discourage And I think you. that's the real 
part of what she's saying. So we're going to put that amazing quote in the show notes for you to read and contemplate afterwards and let it inspire you um, that, you know, there's nothing wrong with a bit of mud. And actually, I think the determination is not, you know, is not born in pain and sorrow and making this an anguished journey. But it doesn't mean that you can't pick yourself up and you can't carry on. And actually, if you really read that quote, you will actually see probably the areas that you need to master or pay attention to this week, this month. And we wish you all the best as you do so. So until next time, take care. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Visible Coaches podcast. If you've ever felt the pressure to market yourself in ways that don't align with your true nature, this podcast is your sanctuary. If you've enjoyed what you've heard so far, make sure to subscribe to the Visible Coaches podcast on your favorite platform. And we would really be grateful if you could leave us a review. Your feedback means the world to us and it helps us reach more introverted coaches like you. To grab this episode's free resource, visit thevisiblecoachespodcast.com now. That's thevisiblecoachespodcast.com. Let's continue to embrace our introverted strength, create meaningful connections, and make waves in the coaching world. Until next time.